get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And here's your host from up the coast, practically unknown outside of comedy soundcasting, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saluton, estas me, Tyson Saner. Welcome to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. Thank you for making us your destination listening for this next interval in your existence. With all the available choices you have to choose from as far as soundcasts go, or podcasts as many people still refer to them, you chose us. And it is an honor. We've got an episode stuffed with content, including clips from My Best Breakup, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, Broadway Baby, Mega, A Funny Feeling, and Fear Initiative. We've also got a rare triple burst of durst from raging moderate Will Durst, and selected reading from TrumpPoetry.com. So much to listen to, so little... Uh, well, really, there's, there's as much time as there is, isn't there? So, let's crack on. Before we get into our clips, here's our first burst of durst for the evening. It's from February 22nd, 2019... It's called A Plague of Dems, in which our intrepid correspondent gets to swing the other way, and just before spring training, too. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the number of Democrats with plans to run for the presidency in 2020. Holy moly catfish! There's a ton of them! Scads, gobs, oodles, a raft, a profusion, veritable boatloads, some might say a rash of candidates, a plague, or even an epidemic. Already, even though we're a year out from the Iowa caucuses and the first debate isn't until June, 38 people have declared, and many more are poised to leap into this liberal scrum. And the truth is, most of us would vote for any one of them. The presidency of Donald Trump has resuscitated a term used back in the early 20th century, yellow dog Democrats, for people who would cast a vote for a saffron-colored canine rather than a Republican. Well, this time around, many people would prefer a child's beach pail full of wet sand if they thought it could beat the 45th president of the United States, a banana-faced monkey dribbler, a reeking heap of steaming feces, because it would be our reeking heap of steaming feces, as opposed to that reeking heap of steaming feces currently soiling the Oval Office furniture. Even Bernie Sanders has thrown his hat into the ring. Well, near the ring. His aim isn't what it used to be. Some Democrats whine that they would prefer a Democrat win the Democratic nomination, but that's just nitpicking. The big difference is, in this race, Senator Sanders is going to have to share that far-left lane. He won't even be the most socialist of the candidates this time around, which is his own damn fault. After all, he blazed the trail. But it's almost certain that the Burnmeister will still be the crankiest candidate, Pretty sure his campaign website is heyyoupunksgetoffmylawn.com. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will Durst. All right, let's get to the clips. First up tonight, My Best Breakup by Hello Sunshine. Show description reads, Sometimes the best beginnings start with an ending. 
Reese Witherspoon and Hello Sunshine bring you this warm and funny show, My Best Breakup, hosted by the charming Maeve Higgins and featuring a different breakup story each week. You will fall in love with our guests as they describe how their breakups transformed their lives. Leaving a relationship, dumping your dentist, suddenly becoming an empty nester, or even stepping back from your religion, we want to know where that breakup took you. Share your story with us with the hashtag MyBestBreakup. This clip is from the show released November 19th, 2018, called Hannah Gadsby Breaks Up with Self-Deprecation. Its description reads, Lots of comedians poke fun at themselves for laughs, and as Hannah Gadsby explains, her deep unease with success coupled with the invisibility she often felt as a queer, autistic woman turned self-deprecation into an automatic response on stage and off. But now Hannah has made a conscious decision to view the world in a new way, without a filter of shame. So it's probably obvious that I have a bit of an infatuation with self-deprecation too, but it seems like Hannah's actually figured out how to start changing her relationship with self-deprecation. She started realizing what she was doing and how damaging that was, and her breakup with self-deprecation coincided with another big realization about herself. I got diagnosed with autism. I'm on the spectrum what they call high functioning, Mm -hmm. but I can attest that I'm not that. (laughs) But that was a relief in a way. So that gave me this sudden, honestly, the thought came into my head, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not broken. The world is. Because just understanding that the way I see the world was isolating me because the world decided that brains like mine shouldn't exist. Hmm. Were you sitting in like a doctor's office? Of course not. I was Googling it. Uh, it was a self-diagnosis in the beginning. Come on. Um, but what had happened is after I do, uh, you know, so many times someone had come up to me after a show and go, do you know you might be on the spectrum? That's not what I would expect to hear after a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm signing tea towels. Do you think you're on the spectrum? Why are you talking to me? Um, <laughs> that's a good clue. Um, but it's... <laughs> 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 the thing about that is is that I ignored it because mm-hmm. what I understand of autism is it's something boys get. Yeah. Not grown women. Oh, you know, I've had it all my life, it's how it works, but I'm nice. I was a grown woman. And and that there's no capacity for empathy. And I understood myself to be an incredibly imp- imp- I can't say the word. Um empathetic. Um, Self defecating. <laughs> is, is it empathetic? Yeah, empathetic. Yeah. Self defecating. Um <laughs> And so it, I never really resonated. Yeah. It's like, but that's because our understanding of it and it's been researched uh, traditionally just through, you know, boys. And so right. I thought, oh, I can't have autism. I mean, I do fly Qantas, but if you drop a box of matches, don't know how many's <laughs> there. Don't like trains. You Not know. related to Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Fuel. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Um, so... You know, and then yeah. it just, I don't know what really pushed me to finally hear it. Right. But I Googled it and um, it just felt good. And I'd been misdiagnosed with quite a lot of things over the years mm-hmm. because of the, the issues I was having. Like health stuff and yeah, mental I'm, health. Yeah, because after yeah. every festival I have a breakdown. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's because I realised it something like a festival is incredibly exhausting for somebody like me. Mm-hmm. Just understanding that and then you change. Instead of looking into myself going, what's wrong with my story? What's wrong with me? I'm going, if I took more naps, 
and had more alone oh. time and didn't feel guilty about not being social and life just became easier. So I Googled it, researched it, because that's the beauty of an, you know, a brain on the spectrum is it's a problem-solving brain. Um, and I ran a series of experiment, lifestyle experiments and life immediately became better. Wow. That's why I got dogs because, you know, redesigned my interior of my house mm-hmm. to be easier. Like, it, And it just, life immediately got really, really easy. Uh, with that came a lot of uh, shame and grief because, you know, my gosh, I've struggled with this my whole life. Um, being invisible meant that, I, you know, I didn't get the help I needed, uh, the external scaffolding, as I like to call it. The lifestyle experiments, were any of those to do with self-deprecation? Like, was there a moment when you thought, what if I stop? Or wh- what Absolutely. were those lifestyles? Absolutely. Um, so a lot of it's to do with doing too much in a day mm-hmm. um, because it looks like I've got time for these things. But I... You're incredibly sensitive. Oh, I am incredibly sensitive. You have an oral processing disorder, mm-hmm. so sounds are really a lot. Really? Yeah. I describe it as a, a manual brain, so you think manually. So you can walk in a room. It may be familiar. You may have been in that room a 100 times, but I'm scanning it. I don't go into automatic pilot, so everything is a conscious thought, huh. um, which is fine. But not when Exhausting. you're trying to live like how you see other people living. It's like, oh, I should be going out. I should, you know, I should be doing this. This is what normal people do. And I can do it for a certain amount of time, but then I collapse. Mm -hmm. And so then I say, well, I don't do these things anymore. And I'm quite happy. I don't feel a sense of shame of being antisocial because I'm not. I just really like hanging out with my dogs and gardening and thinking, just letting go of all these things. Mm -hmm. But then part of that, I started to hear myself and the way I thought about myself. And that's where I really understood the self-deprecation was a a function of trying to be social. Right. So I'm observing how people react to me, how people talk about me, how people talk about people like me, and I adopt it and I owned it and then I'd mirror it. And then, uh, you know, understanding that about myself, I'm like, oh, this is... This is what's wrong with the world. You know, the, the, the way people talk about women, the way people talk about queer people, the way they talk about difference is wrong. Tasmanians. Tasmanians. We're, I mean, that's actually right. We are a little bit inbred. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small island. So the show is hosted on Art19 at art numeral one numeral com forward slash shows forward slash my hyphen best hyphen break hyphen up. And also at hellosunshine.com, which is H-E-L-L-O hyphen S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E dot C-O-M. And then forward slash M-Y hyphen B-E-S-T hyphen B-R-E-A-K hyphen U-P. You can reach Hannah Gadsby on Twitter at capital H-A-N-N-A-H-G-A-D-S-B-Y. Maeve Higgins at M-A-E-V-E-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. Reese Witherspoon can be reached at capital R, capital W, I, T, H, E, R, S, P, O, O, N. And Hello Sunshine can be reached on Twitter at Hello Sunshine, H-E-L-L-O-S-U-N-S-H-I-N-E. Next up is a soundcast that I admit I do clip often. I think this might be the third time I have clipped him. It's Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. This is a clip from episode 242 with Joel Gray. It was released January 14th, 2019, and its description reads, Oscar and Tony-winning actor Joel Gray drops by the studio to have a bit of fun at the co-host's expense 
to share amusing anecdotes about Bob Fosse, Buck Henry, Larry Hagman, and Lana Turner, and to discuss his new Yiddish-language version of Fiddler on the Roof. Also, Rita Hayworth breaks hearts, Pat McCormick plays Grover Cleveland, Gilbert pulls out his George Jessel impression, and Joel shares the stage with the late great Andy Cantor. Plus, Man on a Swing, Loving Jack Guilford and James Garner, Hal Prince saves the day, the genius of Will Jordan, and Joel remembers his dad, the legendary Mickey Katz. The clip is about the Yiddish-language version of The Fiddler on the Roof. Tell us about this, your production of Fiddler on the Roof. And who it's a tribute to. Well, I I got a call from uh, this gentleman that runs the National Theater, Yiddish Folksbina, which means the stage, Yiddish stage. And uh, he's a great... Uh, you know, a, a great figure in the Yiddish theater world. And he said, I'm doing, I've always wanted to do Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. And there was a production 50 years ago in Israel. And I've gotten the rights to do it. Would you like to direct it? And I said, that's a rather wild idea because I don't speak Yiddish. But I know that play very, very well. I have loved it from the first preview, which I saw in Washington before it came to New York. With Zero? Yes, yes. And uh, I've seen every production ever since. And I love that musical. And I think it's a great score. It's just everything good. And I also loved Sholem Aleichem's um, stories and that's what this Tevia and his daughters was taken from and made into Fiddler and I um, woke up the next morning and I said to myself I don't know how I'm going to do this I don't know quite what to do but I'm going to do it and I decided that then and there. And it just came. We get these wonderful actors who did not speak Yiddish. I heard you say three quarters of the cast didn't speak didn't speak any right. Yiddish. And you t- and so how uh, the obvious question, how does a man who doesn't speak Yiddish direct other actors? Well, to, I was to speak it. Oh, thank you so much. Um uh, I I knew what it was about, mm-hmm. so I could tell the actors. I see. And we rehearsed it in English. And then I see. once they understood it in English, then they added the Yiddish language. And are you honoring your, your dad a little bit by doing, by doing this show? I sure hope so. Good. That's nice. That's nice. I know you, you, you don't speak it, but you, is it true that you learned a little bit from listening to his records? Not much. Not much. No, I mean, I know the jokes. Yeah, the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You knew enough. And he taught you to respect the audience, too, your father. I heard you say that in, yeah, in an interview. Everything. He, there was, he, he was a musician, essentially. That's really what he, he adored, was playing the clarinet and playing with his musician friends. Mm-hmm. He just loved that the fraternity of it yes yeah and if he played a um a gig like a wedding or something 
if there was one person on the dance floor, he was still there. Wow. That's great. We had Gino Conforti on this show, by the way, who is notable because he was the, I believe he was the original fiddler. He was? Yeah. I knew him, too. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Very sweet. Yeah, he's in L.A., still around, did this show. Did Gilbert, and, Gilbert sang some fiddler. You, what, you sang with Andrea Martin when she was here? Oh, oh, I think, do you love me? There you go. <clears throat> there you go. That's a show that's that, that he cares about. And, and I heard that... <clears throat> When Gino Conforti was the fiddler, Zero Mustel started, he would start yelling stuff that was not in the script. <laughs> and he started yelling, you know, uh, get off the roof, you fucking kitty. This is a Jew production. <laughs> According to Gino. <laughs> um, that's not my style. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think of Zero Mustel? thought he was a genius. I loved him. But if I were the director and he was fucking with my show like that, it would not be good. Oh. Yeah. He colored outside the lines a lot, didn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, and, you know, threw the play away in a way. Although he was yeah. charming yeah. and wonderful. But, and then the rest of the actors were left Right, of Often course. Often hanging and looking bad. P- possibly why he wasn't offered the film? And because he was difficult? No, or because I don't he was think asking that. too much money or something like that? I don't have any. I know nothing about that yeah. history. I'll have to ask Norman Jewison when we have him on. You can reach Joel Gray on Twitter at J O E L G R E Y. You can reach the Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish on Twitter at capital F I D D L E R, capital N, capital Y, capital C. Frank Santo Padre can be reached at capital F-R-A-N-K-S-A-N-T-O-P-A-D-R-E. And Gilbert Gottfried can be reached at Real Gilbert. That is capital R-E-A-L, capital G-I-L-B-E-R-T. Now on iTunes, the main website is listed as being at Earwolf, which is E-A-R-W-O-L-F dot com. And then it's forward slash show, forward slash Gilbert hyphen Gottfried. But I can't help but think it's really www.gilbertpodcast.com, which is also where you can find the show. And that is G-I-L-B-E-R-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. In our number three position is a soundcast I know very little about, but I've listened to a few episodes and I find it quite entertaining. It's called Broadway Baby by Unknown. It's a very short description reads, Join host Kimberly Schmidt and her husband Jay as they try to transform their friend Alex Vasella from casual theater-goer to full-out fanboy. And this clip is from the pilot, which was released August 6, 2018. And as it says, in our pilot episode, join hosts Kimberly and Jay Schmidt and Broadway baby Alex Fasella as they discuss their personal history with theater and discuss Alex's first homework assignment, the cast album on Hair, which is what is in this clip, partially. So our first homework assignment that I gave Alex sitting in a bar two weeks ago Mm -hmm. was that I thought he might like Hair. Because hair is the first ever, people argue for Bye Bye Birdie, and I'll fight them to it, Okay. Um, that this was the first rock musical. Bye Bye Birdie does not, is not a I know, it's I read. It's like a R&B, but like in the old like Elvis sense. It's right? a rock musical in the fact that it has some rock music. Yeah. So like no. it has a few like Elvis-y yeah. songs, but then it 
but then it has show tunes. Follow me. English teacher. Yeah. It's about a rock singer. It is. A, yes. It is like how when people say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Like, <laughs> no, it is. Uh, it is an action movie that happens to take place during uh, Christmas. That's amazing. Yes. Like Bye Bye Birdie is a musical that just happens to be written about a, a rock, rock star. star. Yeah. So some of the songs are rock but, songs. But rock and roll in the like old Elvis sense, not yeah. rock and the roll Buddy Holly in the, sense. In the Buddy, yeah, like in the like you know the Happy Days sense, not rock and roll in the like like. Hair is like the Janis Joplin. Yeah. Uh, Hair comes in and it's on Quaaludes and Bye Bye Birdie's yeah, like, oh, what's... Dude, you, yeah. Okay, yeah. Bye bye Hair Birdie. is all of the kids from Bye Bye Birdie who moved to the East Village and left their parents. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> Hair is like... Hair is at like a, just a normal like social function and it's like... It offers Bye Bye Birdie Coke in the bathroom. <laughs> and Bye Bye Birdie straight up narks. <laughs> Bye Bye Birdie would nark on yeah. hair. Bye Bye Birdie would totally nark on hair. Oh, man. Yeah. So I did a bunch of research on hair, but yeah. I first just want to know, Alex, what did you think of it? I love hair. I think that, um, I don't know if I would love watching it because it's just them sitting in a circle. And then I know it gets more complicated, but I think all the songs. Yes, squares, then triangles. Yeah, the only songs I didn't like were toward the end. It was like one or two of them. The rest, I think, are all uh, The Bed I wasn't thrilled about. The Bed? Yeah. And then Good Morning Starshine is like, okay. But the rest of them are like, oh, these are all great. Now, when I was a kid, I so I mentioned my music recitals before. I was really looking for a song to play for the recital that I was going to drum to. And I, I, could, I was racking my brain, and then I a said to my teacher, "A drum recital." Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been to one of those. Well, everybody was playing different stuff. I was on drums. How do you tr- recite? I, do you we all, but were you alone, or you we were with a band? A, we all played along to just us track on a CD that we had picked. It was amazing. Yeah, I usually I, did Beatles stuff, and I couldn't think of a Beatles to do, so I was like, oh, "They didn't write enough songs." No, not enough. <laughs> So, huh. so few given to history. And then I was like, oh, I saw that song Hair in a Simpsons episode and I loved it. Can I do Hair? And my dad was like, why the fuck do you want to do that? He got really belligerent about it because I think he hates anything that's like hippies disrespecting the military. Like, <laughs> sure. My dad's one regret. And they burn draft cards at yeah, the end of Act my, One my dad while getting naked. His biggest regret is that he was too young to fight in Vietnam. And I was like 10 and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, even then I knew. What an interesting He's thing to very say. Very strange. Um, but so then he begrudgingly bought me the tape, and I I think I listened to it a little bit and liked it. But then I listened to it fully as an adult, and I was like, this is so good. It's Bass lines so are good. kicking. Just so, so good. Yeah. It shreds. It really it does totally shred. shreds. Yeah. The I, don't most, I don't know huh? if it's the best. I don't know if... Sometimes the music may be better than the actual show. That's what I'm worried oh, about. True. If I saw it, would I just and be annoyed? And like when I was going through, because I was like, oh, we'll talk about like the history of musical theater. We'll like, get into like the structure of a musical. And I was like, this is not the best one to start with no. to talk about structure. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's flat. I was like, structure. there's really no I want song. There's no. It seems more like a hangout kind of a thing. And then there's a the, yes, the it's like a jam band on. concert yeah. was a musical. Yeah, it was um, Rent before Rent. Yeah, and it because it is the East Village, and oh, it yeah. is about the culture of the East Village. It's a character piece. Um, yeah. It's a character piece. What I found really interesting going through the history, because I had learned about it in college a little bit, because we did a, like, part of our semester was about rock musicals, uh-huh. because we were cool. Yeah. Um, but what I completely forgot is that, like, the people who decided to write this show were not hippies. Oh, yeah. The dude you showed me that wrote it looks like yeah. least like the guy you'd think would write hair. Exactly. Like, Jerome Ragney and James Rado, who 
were in it. They were Claude and Berger, I think, at least on Broadway for a little bit. Oh, so they wrote it and started. They wrote it and started. Oh. They were just actors that had done a lot of Shakespeare together. Okay. And then um, one of them, I forget who, just like went, just like saw these hippies in the East Village and like found them fascinating and started interviewing them. And we're like, this is a show. And then they found Galt McDermott, who was just like this man living on Staten Island with his family, like writing musicals. And they're like, do you think you could write this kind of musical? And he was like, okay. Come yeah. to the big city. Off and like they island. would just like write it and write all the lyrics and send it off to him. And then he would send them a song. Huh. Like it wasn't. Like through the mail. Yeah, and like you, like you see hair, and you're like, oh, it was probably this cool collaborative, yeah. like hippie commune experience. Uh, They're yeah. all doing poppers. You like, want to write a show about hippies? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was more like well, that. Here it is. We did um, it. And then everything's according to business here. Yeah, and so then somehow, I guess because of the Shakespeare, they knew Joe Papp, um, who ran the public theater. But at that point, he really just had it wasn't even the Delacorte yet, but it was just summer Shakespeare was what the public was. But they bought that space on Lafayette Street where they are now. Lafayette. <laughs> and then, um, and he was like, oh, well, this musical could be fun to open up my theater. And so Hair was the first ever show at the public. I cool. didn't know that. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's kind of cool. You can reach Broadway Baby on Twitter at Broadway Baby Pod. That is at capital B-R-O-A-D-W-A-Y-B-A-B-Y-P-O-D. Kimberly Schmidt can be reached at Kimbercoops. Which is capital K I M B E R, capital C O O P S, J Schmidt at the J Schmidt, which is at capital T H E, capital J A Y, capital S C H M I D T. Alex Fossella can be reached at A Fossella, that is capital A F O S S E L L A. And the main website is listed on iTunes, is broadwaybaby.libsyn.com forward slash website. And that is B R O A D W A Y B A B Y dot. Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot C-O-M forward slash website. This episode of Succotash is sponsored in part by TrumPoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's TrumPoetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com. That's right, TrumpPoetry.com. Our selections for this episode are fairly recent. They are from days 676 and 666. 676 is the 16th of March, 2019. And it goes like this. When Congress gave Trump a defeat on his border wall crisis conceit, while perched on his throne, he picked up his phone and delivered his veto by tweet. Mm -hmm. On March 26, 2019... It was entry labeled 666. The poem of the beast now, 666, the downward spiral of my daily counting, with rancor on both sides, the pressure mounting, combines with ego for a toxic mix. Exonerated by who he appointed, proclaiming victory this Teflon Don, is free to proudly perpetrate the con, emerging as his base's true anointed. And with that four-page summary in hand, he rubs it in the face of his accusers, those fiction-writing sick and biased losers and moves ahead more firmly in command. It seems, with Russians, he did not consort. Still, we demand to see the full report. Right? Right. And now it's time for our second burst of durst for the evening. 
from March 8, 2019, The Roller Coaster of Spin, in which our intrepid correspondent goes back and forth, focusing on the inevitable. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say maybe we're paying too much attention. Seem to be caught in a loop here. After 17 months of campaigning and two years into his reign of error, the nation has become numb to the president's dumpy, trumpy, trampy shenanigans. Every day it's the same damn thing. News surfaces that the White House has been discovered to be involved in some dastardly situation. Either there's proof they did something they swore up and down they didn't do, or they're caught in an obvious lie, or someone says something out loud that would have sunk a previous administration so deep in a swamp of outrage they'd be floating upside down like tropical fish after a week of not being fed. Then the New York Times quotes unnamed sources who confirm not only this, but more egregious stuff as well, then, Fox News calls for another Benghazi hearing. Then, Democrats argue amongst themselves over whether the latest revelation is an impeachable offense, coming to no conclusion. Then, Trump's base says that they don't believe it happened. And if it did happen, Hillary Clinton was way worse. And she was a woman. Then, the Washington Post prints a graph that documents this sort of thing has happened 18 gazillion times before. Then Mitch McConnell makes turtle noises. Then the National Enquirer prints a cover photo with Elizabeth Warren holding a bloody knife in front of a daycare center and a four-page story about her child prostitution ring run out of a Provincetown video store. Then Bernie Sanders supporters say this is further proof Bernie would have won. Then Mike Pence says he doesn't know anything. And then the very next day, it starts all over again. We're stuck on a roller coaster of spin with a minimum of two years to go. Pass the drama mean, please. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you again, Will Durst. All right, in the fourth position is a podcast called Mega, M-E-G-A. It's by Campfire Media. And it is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. This clip is from an episode called Walk Into Your Blessing with Edgar Blackmon, released January 6, 2019. And in the description it says, Edward Blackthorne, and then Edgar Blackman and Alone Together slash Popstar in the parentheses, comes by to talk sports, Game of Thrones, and falling in love. Amen! Exclamation point. Now, Edward, uh, are you married? Oh, yeah, we gotta hear, are you... I mean, there's so much I want to know. I, we got to talk about you, you and your life. Well, uh, unfortunately, I'm not yet married. Okay, oh, but, uh, but I, like I find that surprising. Up. That is really surprising. I know. Well, uh, <clears throat> I am, uh, I am, I am dating someone, and it's it's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's very new. Oh, that's the best. Uh, and I just, I'm just, I, I'm just hoping for the best. Yes. I can just, oh, I just okay. Sure. You got yes. it. You, you, you don't have to name names, okay. but you, you've got to tell us a little bit because I just. Want it's to let... Jenica Wilson. Oh, oh my goodness! Oh, I'm, my I'm, goodness. it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can't, I can't sit on this truth. Okay, oh. Jenica Wilson. She is, she is like. Bread from heaven. Oh, oh, Jenica, Jen, Jen, the Allstate. She's got that Allstate uh, business down. down that's the right. Road. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. Former volleyball player for U of I. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I 
mean, it's very exciting. Well, uh, how many dates? Are, how many dates are we in? Well, okay, so uh, we have gone on three dates. <gasps> And she's probably what six two. Oh, she's, she's very tall. Hitter. She's yeah. very she's, tall. Yeah. She's six. She's six two in the program, but she's really six one. Don't tell her. I told <laughs> you. Oh, we're getting she the likes, She likes to remain threatening for the spikes, but sure. uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a very exciting time, and I think that you know the Lord has blessed me to find someone who sees past my shortness, yeah. and I see past her height, and we just see each other. For the spirits that we are. Yeah. Right. It seems and, like she's probably looking right at the horizon and you're looking right at a high. Oh, like waist oh, level. Yeah. Right. Okay. And Even overall, girls, girls really don't care about that stuff. No. Oh, no, no, no. Not, not, not if they're blessed and highly favored. Okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, man. I, Amen. Say, I say, Lord, be a step stool. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, so how long, uh, so when did this, this all start? You've just been on a few days. Yeah, did you ask her out? Did she ask you out? How'd you meet? Well, uh, Take Me to the CrossFit uh, is not simply a place for people to watch sports, but it is a place for people to engage in sports. Okay. We have, oh, yeah, yeah. We have um, a lot of, a lot of uh, little leagues, uh, not little league, uh, but small leagues uh-huh. uh, within our congregation. And so during our uh, co-ed singles basketball league, which is just three games and then a championship, uh, we met. She set a very hard screen on me. And, uh, oh, okay, so you set this up. So I see what's happening here. So, okay. you so here I am, just going about my business, being the outside shooter that I am, because uh, I can't take it to the basket because I'm small. Uh, I, I just came around this screen, and she set such a powerful screen. Sure. And uh, for those listeners that do not know, a screen is much like a wall of Jericho that a person sets in mm. order to protect their ball handler, but the walls do not come tumbling down. Okay. I came tumbling down. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I came tumbling down, and um, and I just I looked up, and she kind of gave me a, a wink, and I said, "Oh, well, oh well, it looks like I might have been touched by an angel." Uh-huh. And oh, you said that, and so and I did. I said, "I said, well, it was a, it was a very powerful screen you set," and um, and she said, "You got to keep your head on a swivel," and I was like, "Well, how about?" I keep you on a swivel. Oh, I like Edward. it. What? I like Very it. forward, I but like but it. as they say, you gotta shoot your shot. Yes, right. you do. And I said, Even I'll when keep. You're not open. Yes, I said, I'll, how about I keep you on a swivel, a swivel chair? And we went out to a, a restaurant, a sports restaurant, and sat down and watched uh, and watched some some sports together. Yes. I you know love what? It. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Am Amen. I right? Amen. Amen. Ah! This is so awesome because I, I, you know, I played in one of those little leagues for a while, um, mm-hmm. but I cannot do the co-ed thing. It just it really, it, um, I just, you know, I just can't do, do that. I just want everybody to be in it anyway. Well, is it, is well, it the temptation? Uh, no, I just, um, you know, if a woman could lift as much as a man, run as fast as a man, jump as high as a man, I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But... It's just I haven't found a league where that. Uh, look, uh, well, don't let Jenica hear you say that. Okay. Now okay. I, I do believe now I don't know what this what this holy equation is, mm. but there is certainly a a height to weight ratio that must exist in the in the mind of our Creator that says okay if a woman is uh, six foot one and and a man is five foot one that she's better at basketball and that's okay. 
That's great. And that's his blessing upon us. I love that balance, too. I mean, you've got to have balance, right? Mm-hmm. Balance is the key of life. I mean, that's also that's in the Bible. That mm-hmm. is true. You can find the show on Twitter at Mega the Podcast, which is at M-E-G-A-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And uh, Campfire Media is we are underscore Campfire, capital W-E, capital A-R-E, underscore capital C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E. And the show can be found hosted at Anchor FM which is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash M-E-G-A three. And that's the numeral three. All right, in the number five position, A Funny Feeling by HeadGum. Comedians and paranormal enthusiasts Betsy Sidaro and Marcy Giroux invite their comedian friends and celebrity guests to tell their true paranormal experiences and hear spooky stories submitted by listeners. This is a clip from episode 69 called NorCal Mysteries with Jessica Jardine from Cardishonate. It was released January 22nd, 2019. Its description says, We have a true gem of a storyteller, Jessica Jardine, on with us to discuss her NorCal upbringing with so many stories of serial killers and the Winchester Mystery House. Jessica Jardine is the co-host of Cardishonate, which is a soundcast she co-hosts with Marcy Giroux. Okay, so Jess. Yes. Let's get something out of the way. Do you have any personal paranormal experiences? Um, I would say no. Great. But you do have some fun, spooky yes. stories yes. for us. I thought, Ooh. so yes, I, I, like, this is why I was sort of thinking to myself, like, I wonder why I haven't had uh, such, so many, because it feels like a lot of people have in their lives. Yeah. And yeah. I to truly was asking myself, like, why? I wonder why. I just have no uh, connection to it. And that was my thinking about my family. But it did also then make me think about growing up. And I remembered that I grew up within like truly a couple miles of the Winchester Mystery House. <gasps> yes. Yes. We yes. love that house. So that was love why it. I was teasing it to you guys before because I was like, I... Uh, so I grew up. It's in San Jose, and mm-hmm. I'm sure oh. you guys. I was curious what you guys had already You've talked about. There. I went there, and then yeah. she I covered it. I remembered. Yeah. Did I cover it? I did. You cover covered it, it on oh, the. You did. Let's talk about it. Well, it was so interesting because I, I, I wanted to go back and look and see how you guys had covered it because I was so. It's kind of like the way we're talking about the uh, scary stories book, right? Like yes. the, where, that idea of like a story you've had in your head and like, oh yeah, that's the story of that thing, and then to look back as like a grown woman and be yes. like. Oh, this is like so. This is like scary, but also like so sad. Yeah, and when you really see all sad. of the like actual, the way you suddenly see what like is really going on, you know, and it's right. like it's the same in horror movies and stuff. Where it's like, oh, the, the story is like a woman at a miscarriage and went crazy. Yeah, you know? mama. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. close to mama. Yeah, <laughs> but so for so yeah, for anyone who's not familiar, for her, doesn't know the details. It's yeah, this crazy house in San Jose, this like giant mansion. It's awesome. And <clears throat> my hometown is Los. Gatos, which is this smaller town just like down the, the road cats. from it. The cats, um, which is truly filled with cats. Sorry, oh Betsy. my god, uh, mountain lions. It's named for mountain lions. Um, I mean, my house is filled with cats. Yeah, you would do really well in my town. My attic cats. You'd be the mayor. You could be the mayor of the cats. Apparently, there are cats in my attic, Betsy. Oh, they're fun. It's Doesn't a teenager. That sound like an old timey phrase for when a. Uh, oh, yeah. a, a woman lost it. Yes. Well, she's got she's some cats, cats in her attic. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll drown her. Really? 
Wait, is she a witch? Yeah. Put her in the crank box. Put her in the crank box. We just gotta squish her brain back in her head real fast. But like kind of to the point, it's like how you look back and you're like, wait, lobotomies were a thing you Re- know like and recent like uh, yes my, my mom the, like 60s my mom so. had a friend who got a lobotomy <gasps> they scrape out the front part of your brain yes, the front to part make you not uh, uh the person to make you a vegetable that can move and that uh, all of science and medicine was like yes yeah, great exactly. idea this is what we great. do because it's like i guess they're thinking is that like well they're ruined but it's easier for us to yes. deal with marcy exactly this was like the epiphany <sighs> i had was i think it, my mom had been telling me a story about a friend who got a lobotomy <laughs> and I was like, she's like she what wasn't a fun. wild sentence that is she was no longer fun just <laughs> you. you should have my mom on she because she has stories of like fully all the things from growing up in like oh. Mad Men times and being a secretary at play like oh. into like the 70s and lobotomies being frequent and like anyways but uh, it, was, it was so weird to revisit because it's like the mystery, the Winchester Mystery House is this, it's like a very big landmark in my area. Yeah. There's no, really nothing like it. And it's also next to the movie theaters where it's like, Ike's know. place. Yeah. And it's it's changed that area. So you, so I, so you went recently. Yeah. And like, what did you think of it? When you went, I had a blast, but it was truly like in an area where I was like, "Oh, this!" I thought it would be like no, far somewhere. out, yeah. into the woods it's or next something. To literally, the mall, like as a in mall. like the high school mall where we That's went, like very funny. where you would just go after school yeah. and like walk around. I feel I like parked in like a Kmart park. You know, I like when my mystery houses are in a central location, <laughs> easily yeah. accessible. It's truly like in Chipotle, the middle. There is an fucking, Ike sandwich it's place. It's next to the highway. It's like, say, that's what I hate about Louisiana. The Myrtles is so out of the way. Centrally located. And it was so weird to remember that they you go on school trips. Yes. And so, like, I saw it first as, like, a kid, like a fourth grader. Oh. Historical kind of context. Yes. And it's like, it's so strange because I was thinking about it and like revisiting it and reading the story yeah. today before coming here. And it was like, what an odd, I mean, it's a, be- it's a landmark. It's a beautiful yeah. building. It's like a cool house, but that it's like built and has this legacy of like full mental illness, you yeah. know, yeah. and like a sad death. And like, it's so bizarre to imagine the way that like, and it's because you got to take kids to stuff and what's near you and everything. Yeah. But that, like I, my first mem- what's like one of the first things I remember taking a school trip to is like walking through and, and being like, the, and that idea also the way that like women's crazy is thrown around like that. Cause I fully remember them being like, the guy being like, and she was crazy, like to scare yeah. us. Jessica Jardine can be reached on Twitter at capital J, capital J, capital J, capital L, capital A. That is three J's, an L, and an A. Betsy Sidaro, of course, can be reached at Birdie So Dirty, which is capital B I R D Y, capital S O D E R D Y. Marcy Giroux can be reached at Marcy Lane, capital M A R C Y, capital L A N E. And the show can be reached at Funny Feeling Pod. Capital F-U-N-N-Y, capital F-E-E-L-I-N-G, capital P-O-D. If you want to go to the website, it is at headgum.com forward slash a funny feeling, which is H-E-A-D-G-U-M dot C-O-M forward slash A hyphen F-U-N-N-Y hyphen F-E-E-L-I-N-G. And finally tonight, Fear Initiative by Blumhouse. From the description, Fear Initiative, a weekly horror role-playing game podcast, 
Join Game Master David Ian McKendry as he takes players Morgan Peter Brown, Cara Mandel, Jeff Seidman, Megan Duffy, Rob Schraub, Josh Forbes, and Clark Wolf on a weekly horror-inspired RPG adventure. Creepy Dolls, Soulless Killers, and Bloodthirsty Beasts. This RPG is scary as shit, with occasional music numbers. Tune in every week to hear what new horrific quest awaits. And I've chosen the first episode for this. So it's called Beginnings. It was released August 14th, 2018. Says the Fear Initiative crew comes together, seemingly by accident, meeting late one night at a tavern. After much discussion and apprehension, Balance, who is a tiefling cleric, Lily, a Gynox rogue, Grimly, bugbear barbarian, and Sorsha, quarter-elf hamadryad ranger, enlist the help of a human fighter named Will, Oriana, the tiefling warlock, and Vermithrax, the human wizard, to assist them in raiding the thieves' hideout. This clip is of the crew uh, meeting Vermithrax for the first time, who is Rob Schraub director, comic book writer, and frequent guest on Harmontown, another soundcast that occasionally has role-playing games played on it. Hey, wow. hey guys, thanks for sharing a drink with me. It's pretty uh, cool. It's thank pretty cool. you, Mr. Vermithrax, the Haunted One. Thank you. It's kind of Esquire. I don't know what Esquire means, but sure. Vermithrax, are you staying here in the hotel? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of haunting... <laughs> This one of my haunts uh, uh, here. Uh, it's a yeah. local haunt. Local, yeah, yeah. yeah look, I, look, I didn't catch your name. I didn't catch your Oh, I'm Sorsha, and I'm only six feet tall. <laughs> only six feet tall. I mean, Zorsha. I'm a woman, but you know. Hey, that's all right. My mom was a woman. What brings you to Galice, Mr. Vermithrax? I let's let's just say I, I needed to get out of town uh, uh, quick. Quickly and leave it at that. I feel that. (laughs) Seems like you guys are uh, all running or searching for something as well. We're actually on a mission. What kind of mission are you guys on? Maybe mission justification. I meant to say vacation. I don't know why I said mission. I'm sure I heard vacation. We're just here to do a job. Sorry, I've been drinking, so I just misspoke. We're just vacationing. We're here to do a job for a very um, concerned um, seamstress Mm. uh, who who needed help from talented individuals such as ourselves. I chose you. I said, Mm. and she chose you? Yes, she did. We made a very compelling case. We did. As a group. Earlier. We have a lot of talents. You wow. Very talented. We're tired. We just Hey, even... uh, I don't know. You guys are, uh, you know, looking for some extra help. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking, looking to get some walk around money and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, in between jobs. Would be, if you guys need, like, the help of a wizard. And at that point, I, I try to cast a spell to impress them. Uh, uh, I I cast Firebolt. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, you're casting it at something? Uh, at the, at the, at the like, up. Okay. Uh, oh. So you're, you, you open up your hands. Well, I make a big ta-da of it. I kind of uh, go, if you, uh, let me back up. If you guys are in need of... A wizard! Firebolt burst up through the ceiling and and blows a hole right in the top of it. Oh my goodness. Out the top of it. Oh, wow. Yes! Very impressive. Yes! Fireworks! Yes, yes. Devin Devin runs out of the from the kitchen. What was that? 
What was that? Ah, uh, lightning hit oh the building. Oh my god! Hey. Oh my like god, Gabriel's yes, gonna kill lightning. me. Oh, what happened? Lightning? Yes, a, a lightning giant came by and just like poked his finger. And oh uh, did you guys see that? That was crazy. Uh, and he runs back to the kitchen. Oh man! Yeah, I totally saw that. Thanks. That guy seems Thanks, like well. a loose cannon. I like him. Uh, all right. I have other spells too. Uh, and please don't. N- no more um, examples. That's all you mo- get for free. Moment. No. Yes. Yes. First one's free. Second well, one's costly. We do have uh, certain needs of, of some magical arts, I suppose. Um, then you're gonna really, you're really Grimley's, gonna like working with me. Grimley's like off, walks off into the corner and is like counting to, to ten and doing a little angry Arthur fist because he's trying to like stop being so angry. One, two. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are in a hurry, but I, I think we might want to, uh, between the hole in the ceiling. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm anxious to kind of well, get on this mission. Were we going to stay? We were going to stay gonna here stay tonight. tonight. I mean, you may have made that difficult. Oh, I thought you guys were did just going to just like pop in for a drink. Is that a, a, did it go up into one of the rooms? It, or, oh, yeah. Or, oh. It oh, yeah. might have. It might, it, it might be. Burning still? I don't know. I mean, maybe all right. It's, it's smoking a little bit. Okay. Hey, you know. I think if you guys want to stay here, I can meet you here tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Um. First thing in the morning. First thing in the morning. Okay. After uh, breakfast. After breakfast. All right. And uh, hey, to let's let's toast to a new adventure. So what are, you, what are the two of you guys doing? I'm toasting along with them. I oh. got a free drink out of this. Oh, okay. I mean, Yay. All right. All right. Cheers. To a new adventure. A new adventure. Cheers. I didn't catch your name. I didn't catch I'm, I'm Oriana. Oriana. And what do you do? You do like what? What do you got? What do you got going on? I, uh, I don't know that I'm going to tell you that. We just met. Okay. Uh, enjoy your drink. All right. Uh, so... Uh, how are we going to be spending the remainder of the, the evening in this, uh... I guess I'll go up to my room and make sure I, it isn't on fire. I think I need a nap. You can reach David Ian McKendry on Twitter at DieDaveDive. That is capital D-I-E, capital D-A-V-E, capital D-I-E. Morgan Peter Brown can be reached at Morgan Pete Brown. That is capital M-O-R-G-A-N, capital P-E-T-E, capital B-R-O-W-N. Cara Mandel can be reached at Cara Mandel, capital C-A-R-A, capital M-A-N-D-E-L. Jeff Seidman can be reached at Jeff Seidman Jr., capital J-E-F-F, capital S-E-I-D-M-A-N, capital J-R. Megan Duffy can be reached at The Megan Duffy, capital T-H-E, capital M-E-G-A-N, capital D-U-F-F-Y. Rob Schraub can be reached at Rob Schraub, capital R-O-B, capital C-H-R-A-B. Josh Forbes can be reached at Best Josh Forbes. B-E-S-T-J-O-S-H-F-O-R-B-E-S. Clark Wolf can be reached at Clark Wolf. C-L-A-R-K-E-W-O-L-F-E. The show can be reached at Fear Initiative, capital F-E-A-R, capital I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E. And Blumhouse can be reached at B-L-U-M-H-O-U-S-E. If you want to go to the website, it's hosted over at fearinitiative.libson.com forward slash website. 
Negenfear Initiative is F-E-A-R-I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-V-E. And before we go, our final burst o durst for the evening. From March 14th, 2019, Rich is as Rich does. In which our intrepid correspondent gets all persnickety about some rich kids and their parents. Hey guys, Will Durst here to say, oh my god, stop the presses. Turns out, rich people use their money to extract privileges denied poor folks. Yes, you're right. This is unbelievable. What's next? The Pacific Ocean is moist? Plumbers are expensive? Landlords opposed to rent control? Couch cushions in suburban Midwestern basements with beer stains? In an FBI sting called Operation Varsity Blues, 33 parents have been accused of trying to buy their kids' admission to prestigious universities through nefarious means. Instead of earning a slot the old-fashioned way by bribing schools with hefty donations, like Jared Kushner's dad did when he gave $2.5 million to Harvard, which is a tradition both sanctioned and tax-deductible. Hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Of course, Jared did learn how to succeed by marrying into a richer family, or at least what he thought was a richer family. One famous actress supposedly paid $500,000 to get two daughters into USC pretending they were crew athletes. That's $250,000 apiece. How stupid were these kids? Well, glad you asked. One of them went on Instagram and posted a video. I want the experience of, like, game days, partying. I don't really care about school, as you guys all know. Sounds like this one couldn't spell S-A-T if you spotted her the S and the A. And now the expected deluge of lawsuits has begun. One student is suing because she couldn't get into USC and had to settle for Stanford. One lawyer, on behalf of a mother whose kid didn't get into their school of choice, is suing for $500 billion, with a B. This guy obviously went to a good school and majored in fantasy, probably a graduate of Trump University. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, Soundcast, I'm Will Durst. You can reach Will Durst on Twitter at W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T, or you can go to WillDurst.com to find the Will Durst Journal, which is comedy for people who read or know someone who does. There you can also find all his dates and deets if you want to see him live. Cracked on and gone. One more episode of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. Thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you've been entertained, and maybe you've got another soundcast or two to seek out and listen to more episodes of that you hadn't previously been aware of. So then I can say that at the very least, you've been informed in some way. Specifically, that there's a whole world of soundcasts out there, in a world that still mostly calls them podcasts, as of this point in history. Maybe you'll choose one of them to take up the time that you reserve for listening to soundcasts, and you'll have no more need for a suck attached to comedy soundcast soundcast. I wouldn't say that that is the point of this program. But I must acknowledge that it can and probably does turn out that way for some listeners of the soundcast as well as other soundcasts. Tastes change and time is fleeting. I mean, really what the show is doing is saying, try this, you might like it in larger amounts, and then letting you decide. We also interview some of those people when they are willing and able. We here at Succotash are empathetic with those who are... We here at Succotash are empathetic with those who create content and understand the time it takes to make it all happen. So, if you do enjoy our content... Why not share it with others, so that they also might have a few more choices presented to them in easily consumed and presumably digestible portions? 
to keep the food metaphor going. So again, thank you for listening. And if you wouldn't mind taking a little time out to rate and review us on iTunes, we'd be forever grateful because in addition to telling others about us, the iTunes rating is another form of word of mouth that might even land us a real sponsor someday. One can dream. Good night, and until next time, I've been Tyson Saner reminding you to please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Clips, the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on Donder, on Blitzen, on iHeartRadio, and on... <laughs> a laughable app. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at TysonSaner at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll or call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us by using our direct upload link at itail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, hosted by Tyson Saner. Our executive producer is Mark Hershon. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Goodbye.